Our good word today centers on Paul's prayer for the Thessalonian Christians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Verse 10, night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you, to the end that he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Now this particular prayer has three requests in it. Paul prays that these Christians might be perfected in faith, abounding in love, and established in hope. And of course these three graces are the three leading graces of the Christian life, faith, hope, and love. Now We've already looked into this matter of uh, being perfected in faith. We want to look now at this matter of love. In verse 11, he says, Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. The word direct here means guide our way unto you. He depends upon God the Father and God the Son to guide him. And you say, well, what about God the Holy Spirit? Well, interestingly enough, the Lord, in verse 12, refers to God the Holy Spirit. Now, please notice this prayer. And the Lord make you to increase in love one toward another. Let's continue. And the Lord cause you to increase in love toward all men, even as we do toward you, to the end that he, the Lord, may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if the Lord in verse 12 refers to God the Father, then he's praying, may God the Father establish your heart's unholiness before God the Father. Or if the Lord in verse 12 refers to Jesus Christ, then he's praying, may Jesus Christ establish your heart's unblameable in holiness at the coming of Jesus Christ. I think very definitely that the Lord, in verse 12, refers to the Holy Spirit. Now, interestingly enough, we have the same kind of a prayer over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. If you have your Bible in front of you, look at it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. The Lord direct your hearts into the love of God, that's the Father, and the patient waiting for Christ, that's the Son. And so the Lord in 3.5 must be the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't want to deal with this matter in this particular lesson. I want to talk about Christian love. But in a future study, I'm going to talk about this matter of the Holy Spirit and is it right to pray to the Holy Spirit. Here we have two cases where the Apostle Paul prays to the Holy Spirit. Well, Paul has prayed that they might be perfected in faith. Now he prays that they might be abounding in love. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. Now, if our interpretation is correct, then the Lord here is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us to abound in love. Now, we thank God for the message of love that's in the Bible. We thank God for John 3.16, for God so loved the world 
That's the love of God the Father. We thank God that Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this, that he laid out his life for his friends. Paul said he loved me and gave himself for me. We often talk about the love of God the Father. We often talk about the love of God the Son. What have you said recently about the love of God the Holy Spirit? You see, the Holy Spirit of God has a very special ministry of love. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, Paul says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Now, how do you experience the love of God in your heart through the Holy Spirit? God the Father is in heaven. God the Son is in heaven. God the Holy Spirit lives in our hearts. And the Holy Spirit of God is the messenger of God's love, the witness of God's love. In Romans chapter 8, for example, verse 9, Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So the Holy Spirit in our hearts is the proof of our salvation. Down in verse 15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now where there's love, there's fatherhood. And so we have the love of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, being shed abroad in our hearts, and the Holy Spirit gives us love for God, love for the Word of God, love for the children of God. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 30, there is an interesting statement by the Apostle Paul. Romans 15, 30. Now, I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. One of the motivations for Christian living is the love of the Holy Spirit. Now, may I repeat this? We talk about the love of God the Father in sending Jesus Christ. And that was great love. Great love expressed at Calvary. We talk about the love of the Lord Jesus in coming to earth and becoming poor and then being made sin and dying for us on the cross. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is great love. Have you ever thought about the love of the Holy Spirit? Now, let me just review it for you. The Holy Spirit of God convicted you. You resisted him. You sinned against him. Perhaps you even tried to, to resist him and quench him. But the Holy Spirit of God in love came to you and revealed Jesus Christ to you. That's love. The Holy Spirit of God opened your eyes to the truth of the word. That's love. And then the Holy Spirit of God gave you the faith to believe in Jesus, and you trusted Christ, and you were born again. The Holy Spirit of God gave you that new nature down inside. That's love. And then he came inside to dwell. And the Holy Spirit of God lives with you. That takes love. Now, I know it took a great deal of love for the Lord Jesus Christ to be made sin for me. I would not in any respect contrast or compare the mighty works of the members of the Godhead. All of their love is great and all of their work is perfect. But there's something about the love of the Holy Spirit that we so often neglect, and that's this. The Holy Spirit of God has been down here on earth for nearly 2,000 years. Jesus Christ came to earth for some 32, 33 years, and then he was crucified. He arose again and went back to glory, and he's seated today at the right hand of the majesty on high. 
But the Holy Spirit of God is in this wicked world. That takes love. And he lives with those of us who are saved. That takes love. And he has to put up with some of the things that we do. And that takes love. Have you ever thought about the love of the Holy Spirit? Now, when a person realizes the love of the Holy Spirit, then the Bible becomes a more personal book. The Bible isn't just a book of ancient history. The Bible was written by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit of God who wrote the Bible lives within me. And consequently, he can teach me what the Bible says. If you really understand the love of the Holy Spirit, Romans 15, 30, you'll love your Bible more. The Bible becomes a lot more practical, a lot more personal when you know the love of the Holy Spirit. And Christian living becomes a lot more practical. Why do we live dedicated Christian lives? To please men? No, because of the love of the Holy Spirit. One of the joys of the pastorate is seeing young men and young women fall in love and then get married in the Lord. Of course, one of the heartaches of the pastorate is to see people get married out of the will of the Lord. But oh, what a joy it is to participate in the marriage of Christian people who really love each other in the Lord. Now, when a fellow falls in love with a girl and a girl falls in love with a fellow, all of the other boyfriends and girlfriends drop by the wayside. Why? Is it because they passed a law? No. Is it because they made a compact? No. It's because they love each other. When you love someone, you're not interested in somebody else's wife. Now, the same thing is true with the Christian. When a Christian realizes the love of the Holy Spirit down inside, he's not interested in the world. He's just not interested in the things of the flesh, the things that, are, that make up the sewage of this present world, because he has his love for the Holy Spirit. Witnessing becomes very practical. Why do we witness? Because of this love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts. I feel sorry for Christians who have to make themselves witness. I feel sorry for people who memorize verses and try to think up cute ways to talk to people. This is not witnessing. Witnessing is just simply the Spirit of God loving lost sinners through us. And you know, when you love somebody in the Spirit, you have no problem communicating that love and that truth to them. Holiness becomes a very practical thing. Some people are afraid of holiness. Well, when you stop to realize you have someone living in you who loves you, then uh, you want to keep your life clean. And so the love of the Holy Spirit in our hearts is the source of our love for others. Christian love is not something we manufacture. Christian love is something we share. We love, says 1 John, because he first loved us. And the reason many church members don't have any Christian love is simply because they've never been born again. They've gone through the outward motions, but they have never really been born again. Now, Paul is praying here that the Lord make you to increase and abound in love. I wonder how many of us ever pray like this. Oh, Holy Spirit of God, help me to grow in my love. I'm sure there are in all of our lives people that it's kind of hard to love. There might be members of your own household that are... That are rambunctious and cantankerous and rebellious or neighbors who make it difficult for you to serve the Lord and you say, oh, why doesn't God move them away? Why doesn't God strike them dead? The apostles came one day and said the Samaritans wouldn't receive the Lord Jesus and they said, should we call down fire from heaven? Sometimes we Christians have this hateful attitude and we shouldn't. It grieves the Holy Spirit. Now the love of the Holy Spirit abounds in our lives. And Paul prays that the Spirit of God might make this love abound toward one another, that's in the church, 
Now imagine having to tell the people in the church to love each other. And yet over and over again, I think 14 times in the New Testament, we have the commandment, love one another. Uh, I've mentioned on previous lessons that I have four children. And every once in a while I have to say, now children, can't you love one another? There's fighting and bickering and selfishness. Amazingly enough, children in the same family can't get along. You know, uh, this may sound strange to you, but we keep preaching the gospel is the answer to the world's problems. Why hasn't the gospel become the answer to the church's problems? Why is there bickering and fighting and fussing in churches? Why is there lying and backbiting and gossiping in churches? Why are pastors brokenhearted? Why is it that people leave churches? Now, before we tell the outside world that the gospel can change the world, let's make sure the gospel changes the church. And if I'm speaking to some church member now who enjoys getting on the telephone and and roasting the preacher and cutting the choir to pieces, you better be careful. You're sinning against the Holy Spirit. The source of love in the Christian life is the Holy Spirit. He is a person. And because he is a person, he can be grieved. Now, over in Ephesians chapter 4, this grieving of the Holy Spirit is outlined to us. Uh, verse 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. How do you grieve him? Well, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. The love of the Holy Spirit shed abroad in our hearts as we trust him. The program is What's the Good Word? This is Pastor Warren Wearsby at the Calvary Baptist Church in Covington, Kentucky. Thanks so much for listening.